0: So he stood up and just started punching the guy behind him. And this is seconds after I've gone, Sean Conway, ladies and gentlemen. And this fight breaks out and chairs are being thrown and people are trying to separate these two guys. There's blood splattering. And it finally calms down. Like after like two minutes of mayhem and everyone's just kind of standing around panting and there's this, all this. And Sean Conway and I are just standing on the makeshift stage and he's got the mic from me and gone, so how's everyone doing here tonight? <laughs> it's one of those moments of you do not need to keep going.
1: That's right. Pretty much this whole fucking episode is us talking about horror gigs. And it's a fun one. It's a fun uh, podcast of of podcasting fame uh welcome back to the show ladies and gentlemen this is Brief Interviews with Hideous Men I'm your host Jez Watts recording from my new home uh in Perth uh I uh I had oh my god I had like 35 hours of flying to get home uh and uh like, we moved while I was away, uh, because just the timeline worked out, the way that move had to happen, and I feel terrible. Like, my poor, long-suffering girlfriend, like, had to do the whole move herself. Like, we had movers, but, oh, so much stress. Uh, and uh, then after arriving home, like, in I've been, been home almost exactly 24 hours, and I have probably spent 18 of those just fucking unpacking boxes. So, it's been great. Um, but the new house is starting to take shape, and I feel uh, very pleased to be home. Uh, I had a fucking... Sick nuts! Last uh, couple of gigs in uh, in Glasgow. Thank you uh, for uh, hooking those up, Gary Sansom. I appreciate it very much. Uh, uh, it was it was great. Got to headline a headliner show uh, as my last gig in uh, in Scotland, and I'm excited to go back next year, like Edinburgh Sick, and uh, and yeah, I think I'm you know probably going to stay there a little bit longer next time. Uh, do a bit of some some touring around. Uh, so it's that's great. Um, anyway, uh, this week. What else do I want to tell you guys about? Oh, we we have Luke Boland on the show, uh, who's a very good friend of ours and a funny comic, and I I don't think we've had him before. Like I think it's the first time he's been a guest on brief interviews, uh, and uh, and we, we're stoked to have him. He's um, he's one of the one of the veterans of, of Perth comedy, uh, and there are those are few and far between because they often uh, leave. But he has children and. Uh, well, that means you can't follow your dreams quite as much, right, Luke? That's probably not what he would say. That's that's mean. Um. Oh, by the way, I had to spend. F- oh my god, the sound on this week's episode—it's fine now. Uh but I oh, I had to spend hours like going through and manually adjusting uh, volumes and things and settings on the channels uh, when I was editing it down because uh, there was just something awry when we were recording. Uh, so there, are, I think there probably are a few patches where it maybe sounds a bit echoey or whatever, but this is the best I can do. Uh, I apologize to anyone who finds them uh, annoying or whatever, but but overall, like the episode sounds great uh, and it's funny, so I hope you enjoy it. Uh, those uh, p- those patches aside, uh, there's not much I can do about it. It's it's this is how it is, uh, but uh, it's it's a good episode. You'll enjoy. Um, uh, the new house is fucking great. Uh, it's it's beautiful. I mean, uh, it will be much more livable once I get the rest of these fucking boxes done. Uh, but it's actually Glenn's, uh, Glenn Grimwood, who's on the episode, it's, it's his old house, uh, and my office, like, my study, uh, is his old bedroom, uh, uh, which means that now I'm literally, like, marinating my comedy juices, uh, in his literal, uh, cum, because that guy, I'm pretty sure, fucking jerks off a bunch, like, oh, that's real gross to think about, yeah he actually uh, yeah he he wrote um he wrote cum on the wall 1500 times it's it's pretty disturbing um <laughs> Obviously, yeah, no, he didn't do that. but uh, but no, it's a uh, it, it's it's a cool thing to be back in Perth. Um, if you if you are here, um, come to Infinite Jest every Monday. Uh, I am uh, I'll be I'll be back at the show. I'm very excited to get back to my to my baby, my comedy home, uh, and and bust out some new material and whatnot. Uh, so yeah, come down um, every Monday at the Flying Scotsman, 7 p.m. And uh, if you want to send us, you know, a message of support or even aggression. Uh, you can tweet us uh, at briefhideous on the Twitters. and uh, and uh, don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes if you're on, if you're an iTunes user. Throw a subscribe our way. You can also listen to the podcast on the Laughable app I- I- if you want. And uh, anyway, that's the fucking intro. That's this. I'm I'm bored of of, of doing housekeeping, uh, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode. Hmm, well, this is brief interviews with hideous man episode twenty. 20- Nine beyond blue bowls. Bye.
0: Bye. Bye.
2: <laughs> I, I, agree, like I think it's experience. Pl- people bomb as
0: well. Oh, it, no. makes, <laughs> it makes a <laughs> lot do. better about myself. You know. See, I I hate watching people bomb. Oh, you don't enjoy it? I fucking I get I a hate. little bit of enjoyment out of it in a bad way. I, I you know, get I, super I, uncomfortable. I'm
1: with Glenn. I like watching people. I know a funny bomb. That's m- the most fun. Yeah, thing but for watching me a brand world. new act. Oh. What's, yeah, watching a new person who doesn't know what they're doing eat shit, a particularly. It's worse for me when they don't know that they're doing bad. <laughs> yeah, you know that. Yeah, we It's see like, "Oh, this audience hates them," and they're just like, "Yeah, I'm killing it." The,
0: that's my biggest pet peeve in comedy, and there are a lot of crazy people in comedy, as you know, you will know. But the the ones over the years that are completely blinded to the fact that they are not good. There's an act who who used to be in Perth. I won't name, and. Eighty percent of their material was stolen, and it was like hacky joke Shit. book jokes, but also stolen from well-known comedians. He would have a right. bit that was a famous Stephen Wright joke. Oh wow! Where he would say uh, he had the gag, and it was from Stephen Wright's like second album, where he goes, "I um I have ADHD." Uh, I rarely pay attention, but when I do, the definition is amazing. Like, uh, right. yeah. And, um, joke, yeah. And so he used to do that on stage though. And it's like, that's clearly a Stephen Wright gag, right. but he would drop it and just be like, Nah, we both came up with it. So I'm just going to keep doing it. It's like, <laughs> you came up with it two years after his album came out. You can't do that. But he would get off stage and he'd be like, oh man, it was, am- how good was that? The crowd was into it. And I'm like, I could hear crickets. And there was one night, my favorite ever, This guy was super drunk and literally fell off his chair during a set. And because no one was laughing, you could audibly hear a drunk man fall painfully to the (laughs) ground and go, oh, and there's no other noise at all in the entire room. He got off the stage and came over to me. He goes, holy shit. I killed so hard. A guy laughed so hard. He (laughs) fell off his chair. Can you believe that? (laughs) That was his, like his actual, that's how the evening went for me. (laughs) <laughs> wow he, he's deluded obviously um i've heard
1: this uh, i've heard this called like laugh ears like which i don't love as a term but it's like uh, a lot of time you know when people start you know how like your bar for what's good keeps rising as you get better at comedy yeah when you first start like you get some chuckles and you're like yeah, i did a good job and then like a year later if i don't know if you've done this right where you go and listen to a set from a year ago and I'll make notes of my recordings as well, like in the little file name where I'll be like, Oh, you know, good job or this went great or whatever and I've gone back to year old sets that where I uh let to put this in air quotes, killed. Uh and then I listen to it and I'm like I should kill myself. Like <laughs> that's, that's appalling. And the fact that I thought it was good is crazy. But um but yeah, I don't know, I think I mean you you're you what
0: were you gonna say Nick? Like
2: uh Oh, I was gonna say and is it Stephen Wright jokes didn't work? Like, oh, that's a good question early? actually, yeah. <laughs> That would go okay.
0: But it's not, he didn't have the delivery to pull it off. Mm. Right. So, you know, you can steal material from the best comedians in the world. And if you don't have their stage presence, it's not going to get the laughs that they get. I would
1: love it if, like, uh, every time he delivered a different comedian's joke, like, he did it in their style. (laughs) 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 Like, he did Stephen Ryan's joke, he suddenly became deadpan. (laughs) (laughs) He did, like, a Steve Martin bit. And he was like,
2: whoa! (laughs)
1: I would like to do a Steve Martin bit on stage. <laughs> Just start, start uh, dancing, like an, walking like an Egyptian.
2: Uh, Steve Martin is actually teaching comedy online. Did you I see that? I saw this. You this see? is crazy, the master right? Class is that was called the master class? Where uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is not a sponsorship, I think it's, by the way. Yeah, I think it's
1: called <laughs> Steve Martin's <laughs> Out of Money Class. <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: fucking ludicrous. Sure he no, he's gotta be. Yeah, so he's teaching comedy. They've got um, they've got Kevin Spacey teaching acting. They've got this. Oh, well, there's a whole series of people. Yeah, there's all these different celebrities yeah. teaching I stuff. I just saw the there's Steve a, Martin one. Um, I a think a Gordon Ramsay teaches cooking. Cooking, yes! Uh, yeah. Being an angry cunt. And Steve Martin, you can pay $100 and he could teach you comedy. 100 do- pay a hundred. You could pay a hundred dollars to lose a hundred dollars. Is it a thing where it's like <laughs> you pay hundred dollars to be broke? Do you, know, you, just, you just pay it. and You go. I'm not gonna have that money anymore. But
1: is it a thing
0: where you,
3: uh, you pay to get access to watch his videos, or do you? Or do you yeah, uh, you, so you pay to you get access. To the and
0: to see no, how you, you pay a hundred dollars. He flies to your house <laughs> and performs for you in your living room. He hasn't worked
1: for a while, Glenn. Like he's it's, pretty desperate for it's, money. It's a bad
0: move though because the airfares are going to cost him several grand. I mean, he really, <laughs> he really needs to up the price. That's the was, real joke. He was the
2: effect. He's missing the affection. That's what, that's that's where he wins out of that transaction.
0: Have you read Board Sanding Up, his book? No, I, I want know, to. I First of all, I just it. want to say uh, Steve you
2: Martin, if you're listening, I love you, Steve Martin. <laughs> yeah, Steve, Martin. yeah Steve Martin's <laughs> listening, <laughs> listening to Briefing. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Steve, Steve for Martin, for in again. Pseudo,
0: I've got to listen to your um, L- online masterclass. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, one of the greatest comedians of all time. I know, and you're- the
2: fuck? I know. I'm, 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 I'm no I'm comic in Perth.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: I'm sorry, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> No, but please, like, I want to. I, I think because the fact that he made it so big, and he made a big, what, 40 years ago, that guy knows some shit or two about comedy, right? Yeah. So, about that book, though, I wanna, I wanna, I'm actually interested in reading well, it. Well, it
0: just goes through his whole journey from starting as a comedian to when he decided that's enough. And he said it was basically he was doing arenas and stadiums all around America, selling out, you know, thousands and thousands of tickets. But he said it got to the point where. He was just getting over it and the monotony of it. And he said that one night he noticed for the first time in, you know, 10 years, there were empty seats at the back of the theater. Right. And he'd never had anything but, you know, sold out shows. And so he was like, well, that's it. I'm done. Oh, and so he pulled the pin while he was on top and, you know, the highest selling comedian in the country, um, you know, and got out I, and I just heard, did movies.
1: I heard he said uh, something years later where he said if he had realised that he could have taken his friends on the road with him, he probably wouldn't have quit because he wasn't enjoying doing it. Yeah, And I think that's, that's the, the reason why he was open to like, finding a reason to quit. You know, like, like a couple of seats empty. It's maybe not the... Yeah, like, well that like, was a I would have quit comedy many many times over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we yeah, we would have. There would have been no career. But that's the thing like yeah because it would be so lonely on the road. I haven't read the book, but like I've, I've heard people talk about uh Steve Martin. Um but um but yeah, like this idea of like, you know, taking uh, friends of yours on the road to open with you, you can hang out with, then yeah. it becomes a more collaborative thing. Cuz like we all do comedy, you know, like at open mics or whatever. The a big Part of it is like just hanging out with comics and talking shit and going and doing your own show and being alone and having no one that understands you.
0: Well, I've done a bunch of corporate gigs like that like, where, uh,
1: Bombing bombing, and having no one to talk about with it, yeah. that, that's and so miserable. If they, if
0: they offer me you know, a sum of money, I'll often just go, I'm going to divide that by two. I'm going to take right. a friend who's a comic along. Right. And that way, if this is one of the most horrible experiences of my life, at least someone else is going to share it with me. Yeah, and we're sure. going to have those war stories that a few years from now, we're going to be like, man, how about that how, like 70th birthday party gig we did? That was the worst, right? That's a specific one that <laughs> I is. heard all the stories about. It's <laughs> infamous in Perth comedy. It is. For many
1: reasons. But yeah, w- no, for sure. We don't need to get all into it all. But. <laughs> don't we? <laughs> oh, no, please feel free. To, yeah, Actually, you may as well. Yeah, tell the story. Uh, what? Tell the story, de-identify names.
0: Okay. So uh, It's such a good story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <okay. laughs> well, I, I got asked to do a 70th birthday party. And it's one of those ones that normally, immediately, I'll just turn down. Mm -hmm. But at the time, I'm like, this will be a funny story. Like, this will not be a good gig, but it's money. And if I split it, take a friend along, then we'll both get a cool story out of it. And Mm -hmm. we'll have an experience. And um, at the time, my go-to was uh, Jeff Hewitt.
3: Right. (laughs) Amazing.
0: Yeah. And so... (laughs) That's a possible choice Yeah, Jeff Hewitt is, uh, I think, a, just a, a super funny comic Yeah, yeah. And he, we had done a couple of these before We did one that was
1: I would say, like, like, Jeff, Jeff not, not really a 70-year-old birthday. birthday party no. type no. of comic No He's, he's someone that all the comedians love Yeah, he's There's a lot of meta stuff, a lot of stuff that's gross for no reason <laughs>
0: <laughs> But he's fairly adaptable He also, you know, he did last year his show Rad Dad Redemption Which was all about becoming a dad And a lot of that oh, was yeah. pretty mainstream right. parenting Jokes and so he can be adaptable, like sure. he's a versatile, he's you know, a 11 12 year veteran. Sure, so um, we've done a couple horror gigs. We did like uh, another one that was an infamous the uh I think it was the Coburn Cobras Football Club. <laughs> I and, haven't heard about this. Oh, really? Yeah, because this one I also. I dragged uh, Sean Conway along because it was a football gig and he's got, you know, Fremantle-Dockers ties. Right. So it made sense. Put him on in front of the football crowd. Sure, yeah, yeah. And it was this thing where obviously the end-of-year football function, most of them wanted strippers. They did not want... (laughs) Three dudes telling them uh, jokes all night. I mean, I don't know who
1: the third person was, but you and Sean both have titties.
0: Well, it's true. Well, it was was my third. Damn, that's six titties. So uh, we we were paid to do an hour. And so I was doing 20 minutes up top and emceeing, then bought on Jeff to do 20. And then Sean Conway was going to close the night. Mm -hmm. And so I got up and did 20 and it went as well as it could given the scenarios of these guys being super smashed and having zero interest in seeing a comedian. Like
1: So basically like they didn't hurl a bottle at you and you were like, Cool, yeah. done. Well it was one of those
0: things where it was like end of your footy club thing, but they also I think one of the the like captain's wife wanted to come along. So they were like, Okay. Yeah, we've got to keep this clean guys. We're gonna get comedians. Right. And the players were like, fuck that. I want nude women and they're like, no 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 I do not want to sleep on the couch. And so, yeah, they've got the comedian. So Jeff Hewitt's got up, and he's gone uh, 20 minutes, gone great. I've got back up to introduce Sean Conway. A guy's come back in from the bathroom, and as he's gone to sit down, the guy behind him has pulled his chair out, and so he's fallen to the ground, but he's also put his hand, and he's got a glass that's smashed underneath him. So he's cut himself. So he stood up and just started punching... The guy behind him. And this is seconds after I've gone, Sean Conway, ladies and gentlemen. And this fight breaks out, and chairs are being thrown, and people are trying to separate these two guys. There's blood splattering. And it finally calms down, like after like two minutes of mayhem. And everyone's just kind of standing around panting, and there's this, all this. And Sean Conway and I are just standing on the makeshift stage, and he's got the mic from me and gone, so, how's everyone doing here tonight? <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those moments of, you do not need to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Uh,
2: <laughs>
1: you with the bloody
0: head. We're, what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> you do you're not bleeding. <laughs> so, they oh, agreed shit. to just pay us to leave at this point. Yeah, But right. the annoying thing was we all got paid the same. <laughs> so Sean Conway got like $200 for saying, so how's everybody doing? <laughs> oh, uh, so...
1: I just want to say, you know, here's the, the review you write if you're a one-year, one-year open micer. Yeah. Uh, riotously <laughs> funny. <laughs> <laughs> riotously
0: funny. <laughs> so that was... The, uh, yeah, so after that, this 70th birthday party... Yeah, came sure. Up. So I've already used, you know, J- and Jeff's my go-to guy. So I've got Jeff along, and... The guys called me up before and he said, oh, just to confirm, I've got another comedian booked on. And it's another Perth comedian who uh, has been doing it for quite a while, but is nowhere near as good as Jeff or myself. Mm -hmm. And he wanted to put him on before us. And I knew that this guy is not going to do great. He's going to kill the room and then we're going to have to follow that. Right. Which there's two ways it can go if you're following someone who's stunk up the joint. One is the crowd's super glad to see you because, hey, here's someone who's a lot better. Sure. The other is they've already lost all faith in humanity and
1: comedians. Absolutely. Com- this is what comedy is, particularly, I think, as a, at a corporate, right? Yeah. Because they're not necessarily people who are comedy goers. So they're like, oh, well, this is comedy. I yeah. knew I hated comedy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so they're not even going to
0: give the next act a chance. sure, Because this... And so... Uh, Yeah, so this guy opened with a rape joke at a 70th birthday party. And it was also the guy's, like, 50th wedding anniversary as well. And so it was, like, the mum party. And his wife had just got out of the hospital after being in a coma. From being raped into it. (laughs) And so uh, it was just an uncomfortable kind of reaction from the crowd. There was a few kind of polite laughs and then silence for... The next fifteen to twenty minutes, and then he kept saying, "I'll finish on this," and it wouldn't get a laugh. So you go, "Okay, I'll do one more then," oh. and just keeps digging. I understand it deeper. that instinct so
1: much, yeah. Like, because yeah. you're like, "No, no, I've got to get out and laugh," but it's like if you've had fifteen minutes of none of them, like you odds are not for you, yeah.
0: And so then uh, we just, I get bored on next after that, mm-hmm. and I was doing twenty minutes, and it took me. Fifteen minutes of super hard work to win them back and for them to go, "Oh wait, this guy's not that last guy anymore." <laughs> and so I got five minutes of good laughs at the end, and then Jeff got to kind of sulter on and like, "Ah, now you're ready for me." <laughs> and Jeff did great Of course he did <laughs> yeah.
3: so, so there would be like obviously no MC. No, well, there was kind of... Just the act finished, and then you were just like, bring oh, welcome your next act, and you come on, or... There was... no one to clean up.
0: Like, one of the guy's friends, one of his just mates, was like, oh, yeah, we got a comedian now. But they also, they put a lot of money. They paid a bunch of magicians to be walking around doing tricks. Oh, nice. (laughs) And these magicians, though, like, the crowd loved the magicians. Oh, yeah. And the magician, like, walked over to me before I went on, and he's like, are you a comedian like him? And I'm like, well, not like him. (laughs) (laughs) And and he's like, well, I I look forward to seeing you then. Like a real kind of almost smarmy, like, talking down to, like, look how well I'm doing over here. Uh, Yeah, so uh, when the magician's looking down at you...
2: Yeah, that's a bad gig. That's a tough place to be. (laughs) Mm. I had a weird gig as well. Uh, This was... uh, I I want to do it really quickly, though. But we're at... um, someone um, got diagnosed with cancer and she was passing away so they put on a comedy gig to celebrate her life and that was like that's strange though I just like so we went to the gig and um,
1: you know was it what um, was the what was the environment like was it like a, uh, a, a,
2: a they didn't want to see comedy and I just like and we went on stage and it wasn't at someone's house or like where oh was it was at a, a like a hospice yeah like, like <laughs> was she in a, 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 <laughs> a <laughs> deathbed oh, <man.
1: laughs>
2: <laughs> no, if she was in a deathbed and we're doing comedy, that would be the weirdest gig of all time. I think that would win the award. We're at a bar in Frio, right? Okay. So, we had to hide cool. a room of Frio. That balloons, everything like that. It was, a, it was a party to celebrate this woman who was terminal cancer that had no possible way of surviving. We had to go do comedy for her. And um, so, the MC went on stage and the crowd just talked over him. And then every comedian... We had like 10 comedians on. Every comedian just went on and the crowd was just talking over them. They just ignored all the comedy. They didn't have a bar of it. And it didn't stop. Everyone just kept going on. And then it got to the one point where... um Ben Darso scolded the crowd in a way, like for,
1: for, for ignoring it. Like, Listen <laughs> guys, I know she has cancer but these guys work really hard. It's my job as the MC to distract no, he wasn't the, the MC. she has cancer. Ben Darso <laughs> was more
2: of a headline so he scolded them for <laughs> like, these guys travelled far. They gave their time. Come on. Come on. Don't worry about Ben dying about these guys. <laughs>
0: and when, and when,
3: when, he, when, when when like Someone in your audience is like dying of terminal cancer. <laughs> it's kind of hard to laugh at people complaining about their lives. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you hate
0: it when you step in gum? Oh, it's the worst. I can't imagine anything worse than getting new sneakers and stepping in gum. <laughs> I, I do have a,
2: How are you... Exactly. Your point is exactly right. How are you supposed to laugh and enjoy yourself if you know your friend's going to be dead soon? Okay, so, so I, I, I did a gig... Uh, I think when I was quite new,
3: I can't remember what it was, but it was like at a, um, uh, I think it was like a rehabilitation center or something where like... Rehabilitation uh, for Yeah, what? I think where like people who have like fucked their bodies up, learned to walk again sort of thing. And I, I didn't know this before I said yes to the gig because I was just like, well, I've got to take this gig because it sounds like a pretty big deal. Right. And I went in and these people were like, like they're all like in wheelchairs and they're all like got carers and they're just like their bodies are fucked and stuff and as I'm about to get on stage I'm like oh because I just started out I'm like I've got this whole bit about how God hates me because my car broke down (laughs) and I'm like and I'm just like oh fuck this is this is not gonna go well but I don't have anything else and so I was just doing it and like um, I gotta I gotta phrase this so delicately (laughs) but like I think it was someone it might have been Kieran Lyons was like MC and as he was doing his set they were like raising their hand to ask questions Cause there was a lot of, um, there's a lot of, uh, uh, <laughs> Special? Special people? uh, yeah, I don't even know how to, I've, I've been, I've been drinking a lot and I don't know how to delicately say a pe- yes. And, um, Mentally they were, yeah, they were putting their hand up to ask questions and stuff. And then as <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm doing man. my set and it was so weird, like I do my setups and they'd laugh at the setup. And then not at the punchline.
1: Oh. So, like, my, one
3: joke I remember is like, I was like, oh, so I went to JB Hi Fi today. Big laugh. laughs. Uh, punk, like, the next bit was like, oh, you know, to see what new releases I can go home and download. Silence. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, and I've got no idea what to do. And then, so I'm just like, all right, I'm just going to plow through this set. And then the guys at the back of the room just start like moaning loudly. Oh. So, I just hear this, like, and I'm like, in my head, as I'm trying to remember my stuff, I'm like, I don't know if this is because they don't like it, because they do like it, or that's all they can do.
1: Oh,
3: and I'm just like, I, oh man. And I, oh. And, I, and I finish the set and I come off, and I'm just like, I don't, I was not prepared for that. <laughs> and I think if I was to do that gig today, I still would have no idea what to do. I think,
0: I think you nailed it though. Like, all you needed to do is just keep. Giving them setups. <laughs> like, hey, Who remembers sanity? That used to be a thing, hey? And just keep moving on. Coles and Woolworths, there's a bit of a war going on. <laughs> you would have killed.
1: <laughs> I think the worst gig I did was probably well, you were at it, actually. Like that gig we did in Southern Cross.
3: That was your worst?
1: Oh, no, actually, no. That's not the worst one. Glenn, who's seen no, many know. of your gigs, quickly <laughs> yeah, you finds <laughs> that way. That was your worst. No, that was the worst gig no. night of mine, actually. That, that was not the worst Why? gig. Why was that? Because that was the that night. Was so we did this gig in Southern Cross. It was for, like, a, it was for, a, so basically, we went to the, the, the t- small town of Southern Cross um, because a bunch of people had committed suicide. Whew and the all the like the volunteer fire department was like there's a bunch of them who had committed suicide recently cuz i guess it just fucking sucks to live in southern cross or whatever and so they were like we need to put on a comedy night in order to del- as a like a delivery system for a don't commit suicide powerpoint presentation <laughs> 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 so we rock up at this gig uh and like they're like oh, okay guys so what we're thinking is like um We'll probably have, like, say, four
0: comedians on, and then we'll do this PowerPoint about suicide. It does and show then we'll have how have backwards <laughs> Southern <laughs> Cross is, though, that they say, we've got a real problem with depression and suicide. Bring in Jez Watson, <laughs> 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 Glenn Grimwood. That'll solve
3: it. I did all right. I did
1: all right. No, you actually you did pretty well. Um, but, yeah, then we're going to have four comedians on, then we'll do this uh, PowerPoint presentation about suicide, and then we'll have the next four comedians. Right. we were like... Can I Maybe. go before the PowerPoint? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I don't care anything else to send me on before. <laughs>
2: Who wants <it> to be... <laughs> <laughs> introduced <laughs> by a lecture on suicide. <laughs> <laughs> well the
0: crowd's warm now. <laughs>
2: we got them ready.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's like how'd you go? <laughs> I killed, and so did four people in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> but,
2: but you know they say after the break is the sweet spot. <laughs> <laughs> so so we
1: ended up we we, we had, uh, talking them around to us a few other people there, and like we talked them around like, okay, we're going to change the whole setup of the thing. Uh, I think, uh, how do we have it? Because I think we had um, the presentation, First. then dinner. Yeah, yeah. And then like, it's like a separate thing separated, like all the comedy. Um, but it was like, let's say it was, how many people were there? 75 people? 100 people maybe? Yeah, it was pretty big. 75, 100 people, no women, just men. Yeah,
3: because it was for like awareness of men's suicide sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So like everyone, like average age is maybe 50 years old. Uh, a bunch of like tough Southern Cross men. Oh,
0: I think I know why they've got such a suicide problem. <laughs> it's a sausage fest up no, in Southern okay. Cross. There was one woman there. Ooh. She was paid
1: to be there. And she was not wearing many clothes. And when I first arrived... One of these guys took me aside and went, A, and then he made a joke about how we are all going to have sex with her afterwards. And I went, Shit, she is not safe in this environment. Ooh. But anyway, she was serving the drink. Nobody raped her. It was cool. That's the story. And, ends. Like, and then they raped her, and I was <laughs> watching it. I didn't
2: know what to do. It was <laughs> the best gig of my life. Yeah, I got uh,
3: driven down there for how many hours? Nothing happened. It was fucked.
1: <laughs> But, um, but yeah, we all went on and, like, these guys just, like, were not interested in there being any comedy at all. <laughs> like, they just wanted to see, uh, na- this one naked woman serve them drinks. Like, that's all they wanted. Um, and so we did, we did, like, the show. Everyone, pretty much everyone ate it. Glenn actually did pretty well because all they wanted was filthy stuff. Like, Glenn and, like, one other person, like, did well. Everyone else, like, ate shit. But the reason it was a bad night for me was because I, uh, dropped a bunch of mushrooms and then took LSD, and then took a bunch of MDMA, which is called Jedi Flip. And I did this because I was like, you know what, Southern Cross, I've had a weird gig, it's been a weird night, I'm going to have like a cool experience now. And as soon as all those drugs came on, uh, another comic friend of ours came up and he said, hey, did you hear about this third comic, this Perth comedian, who's been referring to you as comedy cancer? And then I had an eight-hour... Investigation of my soul <laughs> Where I had to question Why why am I comedy cancer? And it was just In a fucking intense time In the middle of Southern Cross With a bunch of dudes That didn't want me to
0: be there <laughs> yeah,
2: Especially
0: after a gig That didn't go great It's like yeah. Perfect time to oh. drop that on me Yeah Oh man, oh, man It was How rough. horrible
2: do you feel After a bad gig man Yeah and oh,
0: then all oh, the drugs And then, oh, then and also then This thing in my head of, like Nick's been calling you Comedy <laughs> cancer <and> nick <laughs> calling me Comedy cancer the whole time <laughs> oh, and
1: Then I had to watch uh, Then there was like A Prime private uh the girl who was uh, serving drinks then there was like a private strip show uh where she and like say 10 of the 50 year old dudes um were just like sort of in this small room and then uh but she wasn't she didn't expect to be stripping she thought she was just serving drinks and then everyone set up their chairs in like a semicircle and they just sort of sat there staring at her And she wasn't there to dance. (laughs) She was there to just hang out and be like a skimpy or whatever, I guess is what that is. And it was just a very strange time. And then they made uh, made one of the comedians dance for them. One of the male comedians danced. Which one? <laughs> uh, I don't want to say the name. Say it. But he... Um, someone who danced. He, he did a slut drop uh, and he uh, he killed, he crushed it. And then uh, Glenn like, walked into the room at one point and then he just walked into the door and that's where the semicircle was facing and everyone was just like, ah, fucking tell us a joke. And now it's just 10 dudes and a very uncomfortable girl wearing no clothes. And he just went, he took like two minutes and then he worked out like the grossest bit he had. And he did it and he slayed the fucking room It was great, it was, it was amazing to see But it was such a strange thing And then they were just paying her to do lap dances But there was like only three dudes left in the room And they were just like, okay, now it's my turn Now it's my turn, now it's my turn I had to leave, like it was I, I, too much One for me. of the
3: guys uh, paid for me to have a lap dance Because oh, he, wow. cause he liked my joke Nice. Which, yes. was, which was probably the best thing I've had from comedy <laughs> uh, But yeah, that girl Would have made so much money that night
1: I, I guess know. so, but she looked pretty uncomfortable. And she, she, also. she,
3: like, it's kind of like, oh, poor girl, or whatever, but like, no,
0: she was in control. And she Ironically, was though, it in. she didn't put out, and all those guys' uh, balls were left beyond blue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's solid. <laughs> that's nice. Ooh, it's so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, can I
2: use that word? <laughs> that's so good. I'm just going to write it down. <laughs>
1: Uh, this is so different from last week where Taco started attacking everyone who was making a good joke. <laughs> he, started, he started yelling at them for being funny and saying, "You fucking prewrote that, didn't you?" Which is the weirdest reaction for a comic. Uh, he's not as funny as he thinks he is. <laughs> we don't we don't edit Hi, Taco, this we love you. Huh? We don't edit
0: this. No, podcast. I know. He's, he's going to hear that. It's mm-hmm. So what yeah, would he be to You killed there. What would be your legitimately worst gig, Glenn?
3: Oh, man. Um,
0: might okay, be so that I've friday got, right
3: i've got two yeah I, I can't really pick between the two well actually if, if i for the story i'll add a third one uh, i also <laughs> did a one in york that was um after a, a depression awareness thing oh that, yeah uh, i know chris, about that chris yeah. franklin had said come down to it and he's like yeah yeah you're on the lineup whatever and when i got there he went up to the lady and was like oh this is glenn he's on And i'm like Oh, i thought you'd already pre-organized <laughs> this i think it's one of the home. <laughs> really And uh, yeah They had the depression awareness thing And then I had to go on Doing my shit <laughs> And then it was just like They didn't like it They were all like These really old people Not into my fucking dirty jokes Did you jokes. still
1: have the joke About hanging yourself At that point?
3: No No oh,
1: I wish you'd had <laughs> um, But it was
3: still Quite depressing uh, yeah. At a point where I didn't know How to funny it. it up Yeah And yeah. then uh, he just went on And smashed it And I'm, I was just like Well I don't really have a chance
2: here <laughs>
3: You know This is not my crowd you know, So that like, was the third worst 50 year old Just after a depression awareness thing Yeah, I guess that was one of them, but uh, I just thought it was fit the theme, really. (laughs) So one of them was uh, at the National.
1: So yeah, yeah, uh, National Hotel, now uh, defunct, uh, mm -hmm. but yeah, horror gig, generally.
3: Um, So I've I've never done well at National, and that's probably on me, just not adapting to situations. I've just got my material, I'm going to do it, because I know everything else. (laughs) But uh, I remember there was these two old ladies just sitting at the table, sort of in the centre, and as I'm talking, like they're sort of talking over me. So I was just like, I didn't really know how to handle it. So I'm just like, are you guys all right? And they just sort of just stopped and looked at me. And then as I'm doing my, my stuff, which I can't remember what it was. It must have been dirty or depressing or whatever. They just <laughs> sort of looked at me and were just like mouthing boo. And my <laughs> thumbs down. <laughs> I'm putting the thumbs down at me like, as I'm trying to get through my set. And I was just like, I was like thinking of all this stuff. I'm like, no, I just got to get through my set. And when I come off, I thought of all this stuff I could have said. But I've never really been... Like angry after a gig But it kind of just annoyed me Because it's like They weren't even listening to me To hate what I was saying <laughs> <laughs> So that was that was. But they were only
1: one. Miming their heckle, So were I think they just like Oh it's
3: not even Work on the podcast He's <laughs> 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 <Yeah. laughs> moving his thumb Up and down <laughs> 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 That was fucked uh, The other one was um, So we did I did a Friday gig At Lazy Susan's uh, I think I wasn't Supposed to be on uh, Me and Jez Were just hanging out To support To, to show support To tour I think, and uh, one of the headline acts was it stuck in traffic or something. So we were told to just go on and fill time. And we were like, how much time do you want us to do? Just go to you and tell us to stop. Uh, all right, cool, whatever. So they put me on, and I did my, one of my jokes, which was just fucking, it's shit now, but it was just this, this, this joke that had been, had been doing okay. And I sort of got to the end of the joke. No one really laughed. And I was like, all right, I'll get a laugh out of explaining it. So I was like, well you see the joke there is like this and this and this and then someone just it was all quiet and someone just yelled out, Yeah, we got it, it just wasn't funny. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just like,
3: oh, and I just kept going and there was one guy at the back who liked it. Everyone else hated it, and it's the probably the only gig where I've actually gone backstage just fucking chucks my notebook and be like, Fuck this shit. I'm never fucking doing this shit again. <laughs> it was fucking horrifying. I, I didn't do Fridays for ages after <laughs> that. I did um yeah, I did a gig
1: last week. Actually a great gig. Um but like a newer uh, a newer comic was seeing it. And um like he was doing a great job, the crowd was super hot, it was a really good night, but it was like almost done with the with the night, it was like three quarters of the way over and uh, then there was a guy who was brand new like he's uh, it, he had done i think a footy club gig before because he was part of the footy club sure. and uh, and so as far as all, we all knew he was he was brand new or whatever so and he went on and he was supposed to do 5 minutes um, and he went on and he said okay first of all i'm going to be talking about cunts a lot <laughs> and uh, he was he did not lie he said he said the word cunt probably 50 times in the next Twelve minutes because he was supposed to be doing five, but he refused to leave, and he was getting like lit the whole time. He was talking about fucking koalas. Like,
0: was the crowd into it though? Was it getting any long? No,
1: the crowd. Listen, the crowd was super hot all all night. Uh, He came on and he said, "Oh, I'm going to be talking about cancer water," and you could feel them just sort of nervously be like, "All right, that's fine." They got told that he was new, um and then they gave him maybe thirty seconds of grace, and then after that, they were. pretty much silent, and he was just screaming abuse and animal abuse uh, scenarios at them for, you know, about 12 minutes. He kept, like, walking, uh, like, the the, the, setup, the sound setup was a bit weird, and he kept walking in front of the speaker, and then it would, you know, like, go, and he would say, Whoa! and then he would walk back, and then scream back hunts for a while, and then, like, about another minute and a half, he would walk in front of it again. He, he must have made this, the like, the sound crap out in the 12 minutes 12 times like once a minute once a minute every minute he would just make it go crazy loud and then not not leave and continue doing these things and so i turned to the mc as I said, a newer person and i said hey mate if you have any material left after this person would be when to do it cuz i'm on next and then he went i don't have any material left and so this guy completely like trashes the room it's been such a great vibe all night and then he he finally leaves and then uh, MC comes up and he goes, hey, guys, I've got it. He should have and he should have disowned that guy. Right. Because as an MC, yeah. when someone really eats shit, you don't want to be you like, that was right. great. You have to acknowledge it. You have to say like, oh, oh, that was bad. bad. Now it's separate <laughs> from me. You know, <laughs> but if you come on and be like, oh, give it up for him. Now you own it. Yeah. And that's what he did. Right. And in some ways, it's the right move. And in that scenario, it was wrong. He went, oh, that was great. And so now the crowd's like not liking him as much. And then he goes, "Hey, I have got a new joke. Do you mind if I try a new joke on you? And he's, bear in mind, he's been doing great all night. And the crowd is silent. And then someone just calls out, no. <laughs> he tries to rip on it. That doesn't work. And then he tries to do the new joke. That doesn't work. And then he goes, all right, guys. And this is, we talk about Dasso. Oh, this is straight out of the Darso playbook. He goes, right, guys, I'm not going to lie. My job as an MC is to keep you guys warm. And I have failed. But you're going to love your next act. It was like perfect, like nice, smooth thing. And then brought me on. But I just spend like the first three minutes of my set. Just yeah. building up confidence that comedy exists again. Yeah. People forget. Yeah. Oh, but uh, but yeah, I, I forget why I brought that up. But anyway. But
0: we were talking about the worst gigs. Yeah, worst gigs. <laughs> How's your week been, Lukey? <laughs> <laughs> I bet you I can name that MC just from that description right there as well.
1: I mean, you can if you want. I mean, I'm trying. No, I'm just... I, I mean, guess half our subscribers all. are in America. So it's like, I feel like it's
0: weird to keep bringing up comics yeah, names true. from Perth comedy. I don't want to drag Adrian Allerberg down, but... <laughs> A you're, bright aren't I? You're incorrect. Oh, Nick Manice. Yeah, it's the yeah. only other person
1: you yeah. would have guessed. <laughs> <laughs> Decant Got it in two. <laughs> mm. What have you been doing? What have you been doing, Luke? Uh, I've been so you for a while. Just
2: so everyone knows Luke used to be on the radio. When I look, what year were you on the radio at one of uh, the biggest hit stations in Perth? I was on uh, <laughs> <laughs> Southern that's Cross Austerity. That's, that's a damning faint price uh, It is. Uh,
0: <laughs> it is it's true. Ninety-two point nine in Perth. I was on Which is big, huge guys in two thousand two to two thousand six. I did the breakfast show from wow. two thousand three to two thousand six. I was in the car listening to your voice. For years. I would
1: have heard it, actually. I don't yeah. I never. I, I never thought about this.
2: And I was like, now. Oh,
1: podcast. Back when people used to listen to radio. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: That's crazy. Actually, I, yeah, I probably who have was heard
1: you. splattered
2: Maybe. all
0: over. Like, your name was um, you know, Lukey. What's to say? Lukey. It was called The Larry Baxter Show with Bernie, Luke, and Sal. Bernie, Luke, and Sal, yeah. Uh, and Sally Rope was on, who was uh, an Eastern States comedian. She was based in Melbourne. Um, and she stopped doing comedy. Because breakfast radio will kill your soul So uh, Why so?
1: Why does it kill your soul?
0: It's, well, it's one of those things that It's very I had a show that was on late at night Called Lukey Live And with that uh, they gave me the worst rated shift In the entire station as my first ever show I had to do like 50 demos Before they put me on the air Right. And then they said this is literally The worst rated shift in the entire week We don't care what you do with it So they gave me an hour To do my own show And it was on, like, 9 o'clock on a Thursday night. And so no one at the station listened. But it became a huge cult hit in Perth, which is how I then got onto the drive show and the breakfast show. And with that show...
1: Uh, Wait, what did you do with the late show?
0: With the late show, I did lots of... um, I'd write my own monologue each week. Okay. um, And I'd do my own, like, Saturday Night Live weekend update style bit where I'd write my own gags. Um, I'd do sketches. I'd had characters, uh, like I had future Lukey who was me in the future, who'd call up because I was had the show to myself, so I had to find ways to... Right. So I had all these characters. So that wait, was, would you be on once a week or...? Yeah, once a week. Okay, yeah, Thursday yeah. night. And this show uh, became this like weird ratings juggernaut that had this cult following, and it was the highest-rated nighttime shift on any station in Perth. Like right. If you combined Mix, Nova, and 96FM's ratings, they weren't as high as this one show. There was just this weird phenomenon... And then they put you on drive and they go, okay, but you can't do weird characters anymore because it's, you know, it's not late night. You can't talk to yourself in the future. You can't have a wacky robot sidekick. Uh, And then, you know, you get put on breakfast anymore. Now you can't say certain words. I remember getting dragged over the coals one morning because I said knob on the air. I described someone as a knob. And I said to my boss... He goes, you can't ever do that again. I said, I said, knob. Yeah, it's not like I said, can And he goes, you may as well have, Luke. You may as well have. Well, no, you should have, really. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, the, that was where the idiot me, because I would have been, you know, I was in my early 20s at the time. I got on the next break because he hey, literally called well, Early
2: up. 20s and you yeah. got a radio, you're a breakfast radio. I was. Wow. <laughs>
0: the youngest ever breakfast radio host in Perth radio history. Uh, so I don't know if that's still true, but it was at the time. Um yeah. So he got on the hotline literally after the break where I said knob and said, don't you ever do that again? The next break, we're still talking about the same thing. So I got on and said, uh, so my girlfriend's, uh, friends, boyfriends a real knob. Sorry. Can't say that. Uh, so I'll have to call him something else. Uh, let's say he's a dickhead then. So this guys a dick- ah! I said dickhead like eight times in one break. And that wasn't a smart thing to do when you're already on thin ice, but, uh. Yeah, it, it's... And you yeah. never worked in radio again. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, I, I, I did choose, in a way, to leave at the end uh, because I was just horribly burnt out. Like, you'd get up at three in the morning. Right. You're working until three in the afternoon. You're working nights, weekends, and... Uh, I just looked
1: at Glenn because we both get up at three a.m. to go to work, but then we leave at nine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that's totally
0: different. Yeah, so we'd be working, like, you, and you'd have... meetings after every show where they'd sit you down and go here's what we hated about the show today and then they that's
1: really yeah
0: demoralizing yeah and they'd be literally they'd try and micromanage and puppet master you and it's all these people the kind of program directors or content directors are generally failed radio announcers and they want to cling to the industry so they get these management jobs but they were never generally good enough to make it on the air but then they're the experts that tell you what you should be doing on the air and so uh, yeah it's tough to do that when yeah, you have given so many like you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't say this, you can't say that.
1: That sounds like this is like not so much the case in in Perth, right? But you see this archetype in shows about being a comedian or whatever. And I'd be like, watching Crashing with pete Holmes is fucking sick. Right show. Um really good. But it sounds like like a failed comic who's now like a club promoter, yeah. who's telling open micers like, Hey, this is how you do such and such. It's like, okay, buddy, like but I w- You wouldn't be in a position to tell me what to do if you were good at this.
0: It's also that thing of, you know, you've got a, you've got a maximum of three minutes. So, like, they'll give you these amazing celebrity interviews. Like, you've got Will Smith. And I sat literally face-to-face across a table with Will Smith interviewing him. We talked for half an hour. Then you get back and they go, okay, pick three minutes of that to play on the air.
1: Yeah, right. Like, I've got
0: a half hour, amazingly hilarious conversation with Will Smith. You're going to play three minutes of it?
1: And so, did you pick just uh, the introduction rap to the Fresh Prince of <laughs> That was it. That was just the extended cut. Was me singing it to him, <laughs> and, and then him one reaction
0: awkwardly pretending to laugh at it. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, re- I, actually, I, I had to cut out. There was one bit that was super uncomfortable where I, I had this fantasy of like I'm gonna be so amusing. That Will Smith is gonna be my friend, <laughs> <laughs> and That's he's so gonna. Sad. I know. <laughs> that's the saddest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> will Smith will forget you he, straight he's away. He's doing <laughs> <gonna, laughs> a six-minute bit
1: tonight about fucking a fake vagina, and that's the saddest thing you've ever heard.
0: <laughs> and uh, I, I made a joke about he. He made a comment about not having a nickname, and <laughs> <I> <laughs> you're s- like,
1: oh, I'm gonna be the one to give him the yeah. name.
0: Yeah, and so I said. Uh, And he'd made a joke about having sticky-out ears. Right. And so I said, in prison, you'd be called Handlebars Head. (laughs) (laughs) And Will Smith (laughs) didn't even polite laugh. He just gave me this super uncomfortable look of, we will never be friends. (laughs) And that dashed my hopes of ever being in an Ali (laughs) 2. What's going to happen from uh, that point?
2: How would you change as a person if after the interview, Will Smith goes, hey, Luke, man, let's Let's hang out. Let's (laughs) hang out. What are you doing? (laughs) I'm in Perth for another few uh, hours. Do you want to go grab dinner? Wait, what's your
0: dream date? What's your dream date with Will Smith? (laughs) They, they literally, they flew me to Sydney to interview him, and they picked me up in a, like a limo to drive to his hotel and do this interview. So it was that, like, we're both from out of town. Let's see where this Sydney life takes us. Didn't happen.
1: Uh, like, Kieran Lyons, our friend who's uh, on Triple J now, uh, like, he interviewed Doug Stanhope. On his like not in person, I think, it was just like over the phone. Um and Kieran um he actually ran this by me before he did He's like, Oh man, I'm gonna do this bit where I don't know who Doug Stanhope is and I'm gonna find his most obscure credit and I'm gonna talk to him about that. And so then he got Stanhope on and then he was talking about, Oh man, so yeah, Doug Stanhope, so you've done a lot of things. Um you were on um, oh fuck, what was the show title? Uh you were on you were on Premium Blend in nineteen ninety three. It's <laughs> uh, just like it's just like a, like a comedian showcase doing a premium brand in 1903. You've done a lot of stuff. Like, yeah, tell us about that. And then Stanhope is just playing along. Like he gets he gets the joke, um, and they had this whole interview where Kieran you know doesn't know who Doug Stanhope is and I looked at Kieran's Facebook page immediately afterwards, thousands of comments yeah. of, who the <laughs> fuck do you think us? you are? How <laughs> dare you insult our heroes <laughs> on Stanhope? It was great. For like a week afterwards, like his whole page was just blown up with people who were furious at him for not knowing those. I later. had it
0: with my content director once who came, and this was... This is many years back, where I was doing the drive shows. So it's like two thousand four, two thousand five, mm. and the number one song in the country was uh, "Black Betty" the Spider-Bait version. Hey, that's, that's a great song.
2: It's a great
0: song. And so the that song is not, <laughs> not how the song. That's That's not even. I can't sing. <laughs> so Spider-Bait a number one. Like a, this is their first ever number one on the ARIA charts. They're coming mm-hmm. in to do a live interview on the drive show in Perth. And my content director says to me, here's what you're going to do. You're going to pretend that you don't know who spider are and you think they're Spider-Man. <laughs> 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 I have to say, I'm on board I like with that. It. I, 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 mean, no, I think you're um, no. great. And <laughs> I went, it's pretty good. <laughs> I said, so you want me to confuse the number one band in the country with Tobey Maguire? <laughs> And he goes, yeah, 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 do it like that. Like, you think they're from the movie Spider-Man. I'm like, just, that that movie, like, it's not even, the movie's not even out in cinemas at this point. Like, it's an old movie. There would be no reason.
1: Oh, was the, the interview is just talking about all the rogues gallery. Like, listen, so what's Doc Ock
0: like? But here's the thing where I go, I go, that's, that's retarded. Let's not do that. And he goes, no, 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 you don't get it. That's what you're going to do because it's funny. And... Gotta so I had to sit down on live radio with spider bait and go, so, uh, how, uh, how much fun is swinging from buildings, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and then like, I, I, it was awkwardly uncomfortable and they tried to play along and they didn't know what was going on because Aww. it's not like the, he thought to <laughs> clue them in. And so we did it for like two minutes, this chat, yeah. and then we cut to the song and then I apologize. For three minutes straight. And that... It was just... That's what being on radio is like sometimes.
2: Oh, man. Oh, did they accept your apology? <laughs> yeah, that was... That they was you? Cool. <laughs> they giving you? They just webbed him up and left.
1: <laughs> they left him hanging for the police. <laughs> <sighs>
0: yeah. So that's where, you know... Some... Some radio gigs can be fun. If you get to the level of, you know, Carl Sandilands and you have that creative control.
1: I have to confess this. I don't know who Carl Sandlens is and um, I've heard him brought up on the comedy stages a bunch of times. Yeah. Who is Carl Sandilands?
0: He's like a radio host. He's in the, the biggest kind of rated station in Sydney. He does their breakfast show. Okay. So he, he was also a judge on. Does, does everybody in Australia just listen to
1: radio still? Is no, he thing? was a
0: judge on Australia's Got Talent. He hosted yeah. Big Brother for a while. Like okay. he was on Pop Stars. Like it's very been across. Well, all like, Pop I, Stars, I remember.
3: I think he's done. <laughs> he's said some controversial things. Yes. So it's kind of oh, like... What he even what is, if you don't give a fuck about
2: who he is, you kind of know who he is. Well, I yeah. know the
1: name, but like, what is the controversial uh, things wh- he said? I mean, uh, okay, Luke, you probably know better I than me. I re-
2: I'm vaguely remembering something where some victim of sexual assault comes on the radio and and tells someone she's... uh, This is not starting well. ...tells on radio that she's been raped and Kyle uh, reacts negatively. He says something really insensitive about... Do you remember, like, that victim
0: case I remember there being some controversy. I can't remember what he said. And he said something along the lines, like, he didn't have any,
2: like, any kind of uh, sympathy at all. Right. And, uh, he just yeah, encouraged her to, to say this live, um, this live experience of, of being raped on, on air or something. like that, That's one thing I vaguely remember. So that was controversial at the time. Yeah, uh, no, I yeah, wish yeah. I
1: hadn't asked about that. I think, yeah. I
3: think it was rude to Frenzel Rom. Oh, well, oh, yeah. now I'm <laughs> upset. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck that guy. Um, yeah, I, know, know. I think, I, I don't know. No, there was a thing
1: about, uh, I think, Jackie O, who's another radio person. Yeah, that, that's Yeah, but they weren't, yeah. Oh, I do know this guy, because I read articles about Friends. And he also, yeah, ha- he I hates I Rove.
0: Guys. He hates Rove with a passion.
1: I, I they a feud. Rove's Channel 9 show when it was like a comedy show. Oh man,
0: Rove 99 was the best. Super funny. I And I
1: really, uh, I have actually never seen his stand-up, because he started in Perth, right? Yeah. Like, I've he, never seen his stand-up, so I don't know what his stand-up is like, but I kind of want to see what that is, because his first show before he became like sort of a late night
0: host. Well, it was him, was really Peter Hellyer, Corinne Grant, and Dave, Dave Callan who yeah. were all
1: words that sound funny when said by yeah. Dave. Is, is a Dan McCann, The
0: Angry Man. There was a lot of great yeah. sketches back then. And, uh, yeah, Rove's stand-up. Uh, I saw him on a tour uh, years ago in Perth because I never saw him when Rove, he was in the friend clubs. of the show,
1: another, <laughs> another listener, him and Steve Martin hang out. <laughs>
0: but I never saw Rove when he was coming up in the clubs. That was before right. my time. But okay. I saw him when he returned to Perth and did, like, the Perth concert hall. And he did, like, 90 minutes and killed yeah like, I, I would expect he's really he's good actually super funny and super likable is part of oh, his charm yeah. super likable
2: is cameron mclaren likable yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> he's likable yeah sorry i made it awkward i'm sorry no it's, no, it's fine, fine. It's but fun. he is like it's so important to
0: be i haven't like. seen any like i know he's been doing lots of gigs in america and he's just kind of come back and started doing australia again but i haven't seen him for years but when i saw him Really funny dude. Yeah, and he's a super nice guy. Like one of the.
1: I've heard, yeah, I've heard that. Like a genuinely just, just like warm, we, nice person. yeah.
0: My friends and I started up a wrestling company in Perth called Explosive Pro Wrestling, and when he was in the peak of his uh, Channel Ten show, he won like four gold logies in a row. He is a big wrestling fan, and he found out about this little promotion in Perth. He paid to fly himself over. He did a little like I was doing a breakfast show at the time, so we had a little match and had this little fight where he beat me up, um, and then little he literally, yeah, <laughs> and then he jumped on a plane and flew back to Melbourne like all on his own dime. Oh wow! Just to help us out, um, like can't say enough nice stuff about the guy. Oh, day. that's so good. Yeah, he's a good dude. Yeah,
2: and he's a Perth boy as well, which is you know always good to make see Perth people. Make but he
0: it. also got he put a lot of comedians on his show and gave them. Exposure and gave him a break like
2: Peter Hellier Got his break from Rogue. But also like uh,
0: Xavier Michaelides From yes. Perth With He Xavier gave him that a, show? Well he gave him Like he used to have A, a spotlight spot Like once every Other week He'd have right. a comedian Do a five minute spot And when we got Xavier Michaelides on And he's uh, Zav- one of my Favorite comedians oh, so. I love oh, Xavier Anyone who gives Michaelides exposure yes. Is fine by me yeah, yeah absolutely And Husey Husey came up through the Yeah throat. he had yeah. the Husey loses it segment Was one of his Kind of launching points Hmm yeah. He's a friend of comedians. Were you
2: around in Australia when all this happened? It seems like you missed an era. You missed Carl Sandler as You, you missed this the rope thing. thing. I hate You're Australia. Uh, <laughs> I, you missed I No, I'm,
1: I'm like, uh, I'm not really, I, I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing, um, but I've never really fully engaged with Australian culture. Even when I was young, I kind of just didn't, a lot of our our sort of entertainment and cultural background, I find a little bit gross I don't know like it's just uh, there's, there's, there's a level of, of, of I want to say provincialness to it but
0: I, I, I feel like I'm I've got to agree well. with you I'm a little bit well. because like you you name for me a good Australian sitcom go um, Friends. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can name uh, you. Maybe winners and losers. Was that That's good? not a sitcom. That was a uh, drama. Uh, no,
1: this is the thing. Uh, yeah, Australian entertainment there's particularly. No there's no the there's, there's, there's no real, like, nuance. And it's really, it's just that we're further behind. It's a smaller market, and there's less minds in the same field we're not that are that growing far, it. Like,
0: we can't be that far behind that we've never, like, had a great sitcom, Here's the though. thing.
1: We just had a great sketch show for the first time ever. We've had ones that I liked yeah, as a kid. Fancy Boy. Fancy Boy. <laughs> fancy Boy. Um, yeah, so, no, Fancy Boy is was the thing where, it uh, was, was only came out a few months ago, and it's uh, Greg Larson, and Jonathan Schuster, and Ann Edmonds, and who else is in it? Um, other really funny They're comics. They're all amazing. They're all amazing. But, like, this was the first time I watched an Australian entertainment product, and I said, that's at a par of anything in the world like for instance everything from America you know I mean obviously there's loads of shitty things in America too but like the the high watermark for entertainment is America they have the biggest industry in the world and therefore the best stuff is also there they have loads of shit also but um, Fancy Boy was something where I I, for the first time didn't feel ashamed maybe to work in the Australian entertainment industry and I'm again I'm not going to say it's right for me to feel ashamed but uh, it just doesn't resonate with me.
3: I, 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 I don't think that's really like a, a thing on the people working in that industry. No, industry it's, no, no it's more
0: on I the networks b- that don't exactly. put it's their yeah, shows yeah. on. There like, are so many talented comedians. There are comedians. loads of
1: amazing, funny people in Australia. And for whatever reason, the industry has funneled the talent towards mediocrity.
0: And the yeah, only ones that kind of do get made are when it's super low budget, like um, yeah. Please Like Me. I, I enjoy it. I think it's a good please show. Please Like Me is a good show. But yeah, Please Like yeah. Me is super low budget on the ABC. It's not on a mainstream station in prime time. It's not Channel 7, Channel 9. I haven't seen Please Like Me.
1: Actually, I would say Shaw, Sean McAuliffe's stuff. Sean, McAuliffe's
0: Sean McAuliffe has shame. been a shining light yeah. of
1: Australian entertainment for sure yeah. for his whole career. Even back to Roger Explosion.
3: Yeah, I think I should just throw it on this podcast that I fucking love Sean McCall. He's my guy. <laughs> He's watching. You his, met him, right? I met him, yeah, uh, oh. briefly. Um, he he came here doing a, a show um, called Good Evening, where they were doing uh, was it Peter Cook and Dudley Moore sketches? Him and some other guys, and I got to meet him outside. I got a photo with him where I was just come after work. I was covered in like black shit. I was really fat, and I had this shitty expression on my <laughs> face. <laughs> so it's the only chance I'll ever get to meet him. <laughs> But uh, yeah, he's fucking amazing. Uh, but I just want to say, uh, before I started doing comedy, I actually looked up like how to pitch shows and stuff. Right. And like the regulations to actually get someone to look at your shows, it's like there's a lot of shit you've got to do before you can pitch shit. So it's not really what do you like mean? what kind of stuff. Uh, oh, just there's this whole like thing that they that they're looking for. Like you can't just pitch any kind of show. You have got to pitch a show that fits in with this all this sort of shit. So I think I know I've always thought that was kind of weird. Like you can't just write a show and give it to them. It has to fit in. With what they want i think that's kind of why australian tv what do you is kind mean of shitty has to
1: fit in with what they want like um their programming guides or oh, just
3: like uh, off the top of my head because this was like, ages ago yeah, like yeah. say like you gotta if you write a show it has to be set in australia right. or if you want to pitch a show it has to, has to be like it has to be like educational or something like that and it's just a lot of the stuff where it's the like, sort
1: of bullet points you need to cover
2: yeah i think but that was a long time Is ago. that a public networks, like ABC, where there's a public budget and they have a kind of public policy background behind
0: that? Well, yeah, let's get it? more into the technical legal <laughs> <jargon>. <laughs> We want to make this super interesting. Uh, I, mean, yes, I, mean, I, I have a lot to think, I do I, I just, yeah, I, just I, I,
3: I, I just don't think it's as free reign as like...
0: Section 74 (laughs) (laughs) you're a lawyer What do you think about I think we um, should just Start pitching shows now I think that's (laughs) how We should uh, should finish this Because how hard could it be To like Okay, set in Australia I'm going to set one In the Northern Territory uh, it's about a guy named Crocodile Dundee uh, <laughs> Wait, This is just off the top of my Luke, head just no, sorry.
1: Luke, that's already been done like, um, uh, Have I'm you got another one?
0: Pretty sure it hasn't no, I think I would got, have heard of a cafe Have you got okay. another show title? Uh, right, how go. about one where it's a bunch of people Running a cafe Let's, okay, cool, let's... make them like Greek immigrants I uh, cool. will call it Acropolis Now oh No, uh, Luke, I'm sorry <laughs> That's
1: that's already a show um, Sorry. Okay. Uh, let's w- get one where,
0: one where it's a dad Who's an architect okay. He's also a, uh, a pedophile Who behind the scenes into the show molest the children yep, we'll call yep. it hey dad that's, that's cool. original
1: i like right. hey dad it's my favorite yeah, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's really <laughs> courageous <laughs> breaking new ground i have
1: a yeah i have a show that i want to make um it's it's not set in australia all right pictures um,
0: this is your shark tank moment all right so
1: i, I have a show that i want to make it's called uh sorry it's 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 set um it's set in a like a post-apocalyptic scenario but it's a comedy um, and it's <laughs> about when, it's like, so all the bees, all the bees, I don't even know, it's you know like all the bees are dying. Yes, right? yeah, I know that. So yeah. all the bees are dying, so all like the crops are gonna die and stuff like yes. that, so many things get pollinated by bees, right? So what's happened is some real smart scientists have gotten together and they have, they have created like, um, uh, like, uh, like robotic bees to replace the bees. And they've given them like AI intelligence, sure. so that they can, you know, have their hive mind, right, to do all the pollination. But now the bees—they've become so, they're so intelligent that they have taken over the world. Right? I got.
0: Can I contribute to this? Please, too. How about this? And now the only way to stop the bees is if the prime minister has sex with a pig on live TV. <laughs> That's been done. What? <laughs> How's that been done? But but yeah so, the, so this is all set after the bee apocalypse right okay.
1: so now people are living underground because like the bees are killing all the humans and stuff right And so there's those small communities that live and so they have to like send out like like sort of like scavenging runs into the world because otherwise like the bees are killing and stuff they have bee wars and things uh, it's called Bee Team 6 and it follows it follows the sixth scavenging, scavenging team of this particular colony and they go out into the world and scavenging stuff but people keep dying on the scavenging runs right and it's like and like it seems weird it's like almost like the bees know what's happening and it turns out this is the thing from the audience will see this right but the people in the show aren't realizing it because one of the members of the team where the members keep dying is just a, a person in a bee suit like that's they're just a big bee and his name is buzz and so he goes out and then everyone on his team dies all the time. And then he comes back, and so everyone just thinks he's the best scavenger. Like no one sees, no one sees that Buzz is like is clearly like a double agent for the bees. But he like, and his name's Buzz, and his they do on. His name's Buzz. He keeps talking about all bee-related things all the time. This
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: sounds like a bee movie by Jerry Seinfeld. Oh wait, bee movie's been done. No.
0: Bee anyway. movie, the series. <laughs>
1: That was the episode. I tell you, I really, genuinely want to write B Team Six. Like, uh, I've, I've written like probably three or four pages of it, and but I envision it as almost like a like a like a like a high budget HBO miniseries. Um, and I just I don't see a, a giant I I don't see a dude dressed in a bee costume. Um, as you, the main character of a show, um, necessarily getting a lot of funding, but I love it. Like, Glenn and I sat down and we wrote, like, a couple pages of it um, a while ago, and I and I since have gone back and, like, written a couple pages more and sort of punched it up a little bit, and I think it could be really funny, genuinely, but it's like, I, I, I don't know where how we're ever going to make it, and so I kind of have just not... Finished it. Oh, I think it's just a reason for me to be lazy. That's yeah. I'm just a lazy person. It's why I haven't finished it, and like that's my reasoning. But I gotta finish it. I gotta finish btm Team um, Six. Hey, I mentioned uh, mentioned that sketch show Fancy Boy. This uh, is an incredible Australian sketch show that I, I'm not sure if there will ever be more seasons of, but season one is oh, sick. Um, so uh, if you are interested in seeing the show, I'm going to put like a link to it uh, on the website, like uh, at infinitejazz.com.au uh slash podcasts i think i mean just go to the main site and there's a link um but uh yeah so if you want to see uh fancy boy uh or uh or uh sean mccallif's uh roger explosion stuff i'm gonna like put links uh on on the website and obviously on the website we always have the music that's on the show as well if you're interested uh in uh, in listening to it just uh, hit the website uh, and follow the links and and uh all that Good stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. That has been the episode. I, um, oh, I also wanted to say, uh, you know how Glenn, uh, one of the, his sort of horror stories was that, uh, five, five minutes he did at like the Friday night, Lazy Susan's was like one of the, one of the few pro gigs in Perth. Uh, while I was in Scotland, he messaged me to tell me he did another one. Like this is, oh, I think it's probably been a year or over a year since he was that bad gig and he's like never been back to it. Uh, But he messaged me to tell me he did a five-minute again, uh, and he fucking smashed it, and so I I like to hear it, and it's nice that actually that I was editing this, and I was like, holy shit, that's full circle. It's annoying to me. It took him a year to ask to go back and, like, redress the wrong, Uh, but I'm very proud of him, and it's nice to see the progress. So, you know, if you want to message Glenn on Facebook and tell him he's a good boy, uh, he's... Glenn Grimwood on Facebook I, I, I guess there's other people he has like a a Twitter account but he never uses it I think the picture is still an egg which uh, coincidentally enough is actually a pretty good uh, image for his uh, big dumb head if you they had like a if they had an egg with a big lush lu- lustrous beard uh, that would be an excellent avatar for him but anyway Thank you for listening to the show. Uh, It uh, has been fun, uh, and I hope you think it's been fun. I guess that's more on you. Uh, New episodes every Monday. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, signing off for episode 29, Beyond Blue Balls. I don't know what the final song that I'm going to pick is yet, but see you next week. (laughs)